0: Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number 15. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is
1: GSPN.TV. Join the community.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this is the weekly podcast devoted to answering all of your questions related to having a virtual assistant. That's right. Do you need to be more effective in your delegation? Have you thought about having a virtual assistant? Do you have questions? We're here to answer them. Well, my friends, this week I have a little bit of an announcement to tell you that I have a special interview for you today and next week. And of course, what I'm talking about is my interview and conversation I'm about ready to have or share with you with Jason Van Orden from InternetBusinessMastery.com. Now, I've been a huge friend and fan of uh, Jason Van Orden for quite some time in the new media space. I met him back in... Uh, back at podcast PodCamp Boston 2, and I would say that was probably in late 2007, and have been just listening to his podcast, and I learn a lot from him and uh, have just really been a, a fan of the work that he does. Now, here's the situation. I am going to give you an interview that I did with Jason talking about his experience with virtual assistants and freelancers and, and how to use all this stuff and how he actually incorporates all of this as a team effort into his business. The only thing is, though, is I'm breaking this into two podcast episodes. So I want to let you know in advance my desire for this podcast is for it to become a weekly 30-minute show. I'm not always good at doing that, and I want to try to kind of keep things concise and to the point and say what I got to say and let you on with your day. And so today what I've decided to do is I'm going to give you the first 30 minutes or so of our conversation. Very good information. Uh, really sets the stage, especially for those of you who are thinking about you know this whole journey of do I want to hire a virtual assistant? You know, How do I do this with an internet business in mind? And of course, uh, we're going to get into some wonderful things here in this podcast episode. But of course, I also want to tell you right now that really the meat of this conversation, it really got good in the second part of it. And so I'm going to encourage you even right now to make sure that you come back next week for part two of the conversation that I had with uh, Jason Van Orden. So anyway, without any further ado, here is part one of my conversation with Jason Van Orden. (laughs) Okay, so I have Jason on the line with us. Jason, so so glad that you took the time out of your day uh, to answer some questions and have a conversation with me about virtual assistants.
1: Not a problem. Always a pleasure.
0: And I'll tell you what. Um, now, you are very well known in the internet marketing world, and uh, there are many people out there who have been influenced and encouraged and inspired by you in the area of launching internet-based businesses. And, of course, I, I mentioned to my audience that I had first, I, I didn't realize it, but I had first heard about VAs, or virtual assistants, many times by listening just to Internet Business Mastery. And I heard, I'd heard i heard you mention having a VA, and, and a VA did this for me, and a VA did that. And, and I heard you say things like, uh, you know, just all these things that VAs can do for you. And uh, uh-huh. it really didn't click for me until I read the four-hour workweek by... Timothy Ferris, and then understood what a VA was. And even right. then, I, to be honest with you, I had this really skewed opinion of what a VA was because I thought a VA was somebody that you paid extremely low amounts of money in a third world country and that made somebody a virtual assistant they worked in another country and and they you know it you use take advantage of the economic arbitrage i guess and and you are able to have this person in a foreign country that works for you and of course that is what a virtual assistant is but there are so many other options available right now with all of that said my question's for you, and the reason why I wanted to bring you on is, is how did you first hear about a virtual assistant?
1: Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. I don't even know if I can pinpoint the first time. I mean, it was probably similar, just, you know, different people I was paying attention to, different mentors mentioning uh, virtual assistants. And I must message just eventually clicked and said, oh, okay. Well, and you know, it, it, before, it was long before I actually dove in and got one for myself that I understood what it was. But there was still all the usual hangups of money and trust and what am I going to have them do and all the questions that come up. But um, So I don't know if I can actually pinpoint it for you. It's just uh, probably in the circles that I... Um, you know, frequent hang out with it, it finally, (laughs) kind of like you, you heard it enough that it's like, okay, you know what, I I need to look into this more. And, um, but it it wasn't until a friend of mine, John Jonas, who is is kind of a master of the Philippines outsourcing phenomenon that, uh, you know, he sat down and said, okay, here's, here's how it works for me that it finally really clicked in my brain. And I was like, okay, I think I can make that work for me. And then I, I finally dove in and started doing it.
0: Now I remember, well, let me ask you this. How long ago was this? When did you hire your first VA?
1: Well, let's see. I, you know, on a part-time basis, it was maybe three or so years ago. Um, my first full-time virtual assistant was probably about two years ago. And, and and that was one of the key things that John Tommy was like, you know what, you're going to get a lot more effectiveness out of it if you hire one full-time and, um, so yeah, I think it was probably three years ago that I hired one part-time and had some people, you know, it was like on a project basis, but then finally two years ago, I was like, okay, I'm diving and I'm just going to hire somebody full-time, um, you know, but after, you know, and it was probably actually about four years ago, because it seems like for about two years, I was using virtual assistants before I finally said, you know what, I think the thing to do is to hire one full-time. And so about two years
0: ago, I did that. Right. Now, when you went to, to when you first started dabbling, when you had the project basis and, and stuff like that. Did you just rely on recommendations from friends who already had a virtual assistant? Did you go out and search? And and what was that? What was that process like?
1: Um, Elance, I would use Elance at first um, to find you know people who could do research for me or transcripts for me or you know and and there. I mean, some people might argue that that's not truly. You know, I guess you know you can get all the semantics of what's truly outsourcing, or you know, is just hiring a, a freelancer. Is hiring a podcasting consultant? Is that you know? And so, virtual assistants definitely this broad word. But you know, Elance was definitely one of the ones I used early on, just to find people to do various tasks on a project basis for me. Things that I knew I wasn't good at. Things that I didn't want to have to do myself. Things that you know, I just I knew I had no business uh, working on because I my time was best spent elsewhere. And then eventually, you know, like four hour work week, he mentions a couple in there. And I think just going to Google and just searching for, because at first I would go to India and I just search for, you know, India virtual assistant. And there's lots of directories out there. And, and certainly after the Tim Ferriss book, a lot more of them started popping up and, and, uh, you know, getting exposure and things like that. But it was just Elan's Google searches, and, and maybe uh, a little bit of referrals, um, is how I used to find them. Now I go to databases. There's some databases online that give you, uh, where you can just search for resumes of, and I, I go primarily to the Philippines, um, and so I either go to the databases to find, some, you know, to start searching resumes, or if it's somebody like for a very specialized thing, and maybe I want to find somebody in North America because of time zone considerations, or I want to be able to, you know, mostly for time zone considerations, then I'll um, there I, I largely do focus on getting referrals um, from people. However, one of the problems you run into when it comes to referrals is that when somebody finds somebody really good, um, (laughs) they're actually very hesitant to recommend them because I've had this happen to myself where I start recommending somebody and then they get too busy to do my stuff. Um, and so, you know, people start getting sometimes protective of, of the sources of, uh, and, and that's where the whole full-time thing also comes in is like, look, if you hire them full-time, you don't have to worry about them ever getting too full of a workload for you.
0: All right. So you, you mentioned a couple things there that I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in drawing out is first of all, these databases, uh, are there any that stick out in your mind? Any names of databases, websites or anything like that?
1: Sure. Um, well, one that I've used, um, however, things have kind of changed with it. So I'm not sure um, they've gotten a little bit picky about uh, letting North Americans use their it's a, it's a site called best being for the Philippines. And it's not strictly for virtual assistants, though there are a lot of a virtual assistants on there. It's, it's, Even it's largely a job board for people hiring within the Philippines, Um, and so they have as they've gotten over you know overflowed with a lot of people looking for virtual assistants. They've gotten really picky about who they let sign up. However, if you the 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 friend of my John that I mentioned earlier, he has a site. That he's worked kind of a backdoor way to get access to their database. So if you sign up for his site, you get access. These are, and these are paid databases they do cost to get access to. Um, so if you go to getreplacemyself.com, you, you sign up for that and you can get access to best jobs. He also then started his own database after this trouble with best jobs came up called onlinejobs.ph. Um, again, if you sign up for his site through getreplacemyself.com, you do get access to online jobs as well. Um, or you can sign up for that individually. I'm not sure, I can't remember exactly what the, you know, there's like a monthly rate or something. And, and certainly it's well worth it for the, the caliber of people that you can find and the price that you can find them at. Um, other than that, I, I still, on occasion, use Elance. Um, you know, I, th- I believe that's our transcriptionist. She's in North America, and we found her through Elance, and we just feed her lots of work. She doesn't work for us full-time, but we do keep her quite busy. Um, you know, Our podcast editor, we found, that was through a referral, I think. Um, I've heard people have really good, uh, good experiences with Odesk, though I've not used Odesk a lot myself. Um, in fact, I'm not sure I've ever used Odesk myself, but I have heard lots of good stories about using Odesk. And, um, those are probably the, the few that comes, oh, the one more that I would add is Craigslist. Um, there's, you know, there's a Manila Craigslist. So there's Craigslist for cities all over the world. And if you have, I mean, I keep mentioning the Philippines cause that's what's worked best for me. But if you have something in mind, oh, I'd really like to hire somebody in Australia or whatever, you know, Craigslist is also, you know, a place that you can go to, to find those kinds of people.
0: All right! Wow, there's lots of information there. So that's uh, getreplacemyself.com is uh, access to some paid databases where you can uh, browse through some some various uh, what do you say resumes and of, of some virtual assistants, and of course right. you said Elance and possibly even Odesk and got some great stuff there. And then Craigslist Manila. Um, i I noticed that you mentioned that you said uh, you found a good podcast editor that you make use of um, through that you found through Elance How much you know if you don't mind how much are you do you see the you know cost for podcast editing and stuff like that would run
1: anywhere from it depends some of them charge per hour, and i've seen them between thirty and fifty dollars an hour. Some of them charge per audio. Minute that they're editing, so you know if it's a twenty-minute thing, then they charge you like X amount per minute, and I've seen that go, you know, between a dollar and you know, and up a little ways from there per audio minute seems to see be what I've seen. you know, in, in as much as we've had the same one for two or three years, and to be honest, I'm not the one that works directly with him. My b- business partner does. Um, I may be possibly a little out of touch with with what the the rates might be, but that is you know I have seen rates like that. Um, now, video editing is obviously going to be more expensive than that. It's just kind of a, it's more of an, of an involved process, a little more of a specialized skill. And so there, you know, I've seen as high as $75 an hour for a really good video editor. But then if you're lucky, you know, you can find one down for 50 or maybe even a little bit under, it would be my, um, within my, would be the guesstimates I threw out there based on my experience.
0: Now you just did a a series called the attraction formula, a series of videos for a product launch that you were doing. Uh, did you use, did you outsource the video editing on that project? Yeah, so
1: those videos, the traffic attraction formula was definitely like kicking everything up a notch. I mean, we were trying something new. We were going up on production value. So, I mean, there there was a lot of people involved in making those videos. It was everything from, uh, you know, I was fortunate to have a friend who has a very nice studio set up with like green screen behind me and nice cameras and a teleprompter that I could read my script off of. Um, I had hired a copywriter who had actually... Written the actual scripts that I was reading. I mean, it was all based on what I teach. But he wrote because of his sales knowledge. He wrote the scripts. Um, we had a cameraman who showed up, and he he he's also a video editor. We didn't use him for video editing, but I know for video production, he's about seventy five dollars an hour. Um, you know, and he he ran the camera and things like that. And then we outsourced those videos. Each of those videos was anywhere from. Ten minutes to, I think, the longest one was like uh, even up to a half an hour. And we ended up, it was like a batch deal that we ended up doing with them. But it it can be, because we are kind of going with a higher end editor, so they're putting in, they're not just cleaning it up, they're adding in all these visuals and some motion graphics. I mean, it can end up being a couple thousand per video for somebody to do that kind of thing. Now, for our more simple editing, like if we, for for instance, I'm doing my, so that was leading up to my traffic attraction formula course and all the videos that I do in there, which are mostly screencasts, you know, recording my screen and, and showing tutorials of how I do different things. Those I have, it's the same guy who does our audio editing. I throw them to him and I think he's like 30 or so dollars an hour. And, uh, but he's just doing basic like, if I mess up, he snips out the dead space and splices it together to clean up. So it doesn't, you know, you don't tell that I screwed up and, and maybe adds a little title at the beginning and just a few basic things. So that's, you know, the, there's the whole spectrum right there. You know, I've spent everything from a couple thousand dollars a video to really amp up the production value down for like a, a big launch type situation, all the way down to just basic course, uh, simple stuff, handing it off to somebody who knows, you know, Camtasia or Vegas, something simple that they can just splice a few things up and then render it off to a video file.
0: Excellent. Now, when you say copywriters, have you ever found that, you know, you, that it's possible to pick up a copywriter as a virtual assistant? Um, and obviously, and, and before you answer that, the, the semantics here, obviously, uh, you brought it up. Some people, they say, gosh, if you've gone to Elance, you're just getting a freelancer and a freelancer, not necessarily a virtual assistant. And and I, I don't know if I necessarily want to draw those lines uh myself uh I, I think there is a whole industry that is known as virtual assistant you have people who are, who that is their career they are a virtual administrative type of an assistant or whatever but um you know i i i threw out there one day it's like hey i just can't imagine you know you had the people who say i can't imagine what it would be like to have a virtual assistant and i say well you know what if you have a cpa you already have one really <laughs> right, <laughs> because because you you've got somebody who's out there doing things for you, and and you trust them, right? And you delegate this stuff to them, and so and and of course, I got I did I got that semantic feedback, such as well, it's not quite fair to say that a CPA is. Is a, a virtual assistant, although there are some similarities. But with that being said, um, with your experience in internet business and marketing, uh, copywriting it can be huge. And in you know running my own business, I'm recognizing that as well. It's like I'm pretty good at sales and marketing. I feel like I'm really good at it. But man, there are sometimes when it comes to creating a promo for a podcast that I produce or a product that I have, I just I, I just don't have that extra knack or that extra touch of polished. Copyright. So, right. Can you get those as a virtual assistant?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, certainly. That's a that's an important team member at some point for people to hire because it is a, a highly specialized skill, and it very directly impacts how much money you make and how many people you convert to buy your products and services. And it's something that I, I like you. I, I feel like I'm okay at. I have a pretty decent knack at it. Um, I, I have a good marketing sense, but when it comes to actually Writing it, I'm definitely nowhere near like the best out there, and also, am I, I? I don't particularly actually enjoy writing sales letters. It's a real drain on me, and you know that's a good that's a good indicator of when it's time to start thinking about uh, maybe finding somebody else to do something is when. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in in doing those things that you're best at, doing those things that you're passionate about, that are your unique abilities, the things that you really uh, that people value most in what you do, and then and eventually getting your business to a place where you're outsourcing all these things to to other people. And, you know, some, sometimes you that's, know, well, okay. So first of all, that's going to be a process, right? Because in the beginning you have limited resources. And so the first person I did hire was just a general virtual assistant. Um, but then as your team moves on, you start wanting to specialize more and copywriting is definitely one of those places. And to be honest, that was probably, um, I mean, vir- virtual, so just kind of a general virtual assistant being one of our first team descriptionist, uh, then a, uh, probably the audio editor and then a copywriter was probably close behind that. Um, But it's tricky because they're expensive because it is such a powerful skill and they're highly trained. And so I think that's one of the hardest things for a beginning to intermediate internet business owner to find somebody because to get somebody really good, it's incredibly expensive. Um, They're probably looking at an upfront fee They're probably looking at a percentage of profits behind, you know, on the back end. Um, Your best bet is to try to find somebody who's got the knack, but they're an up and comer and they're just looking to get, you know, build a portfolio. So maybe they're willing to forego the front end uh, fee and just go off of a percentage of the back end. Um, And and so, you know, there's there's a few tips I I throw out there, but it's, it's, it's. it's tough. And I'm sure if you go to Elance and, and and search for copywriters, you're probably going to find a whole lot. Um, but it's definitely one of those skills where you're going to get what you pay for. So I wouldn't say just go find the cheapest copywriter on Elance. Um, but that is probably going to be more of a project-to-project basis. Um, that said, we do have a copywriter Excuse me, on retainer. Um, And he makes a certain percentage of sales uh, of of some of the sales that we make because he, whenever we need, uh, you know, specialized email or a specialized sales letter, specialized uh, sales video scripted, we turn to him and he does that for us um, because he's making this continual percentage and has a stake in, you know, in in boosting our sales. Um, So I don't know, that's kind of maybe a long answer, but I just wanted to give context to the whole uh, copywriter thing.
0: No, I, I tell you, with the audience that I have, and obviously, you know, my podcast Answer Man audience, I, and this particular podcast inherits a lot of that audience. So every, every word that you and I are saying, I, I know people are hanging on. It's like, oh, man, I got, I got, to, I got to write that down. So now oh, that, good. this is good, valuable information. And, and, and anything that you and I talk about, I can tell you right now, our, 95% of our audience is completely on board with where you and I are in in, in this conversation so that's what makes this so good um so some other things that i i just put down here uh philippines okay so uh you like working i guess you're full time virtual assistant do you have just one we
1: have three people that work for us now in the Philippines. I mean, our, our team has definitely grown. So um, in the Philippines, we've got our general virtual assistant, and she does things like uh, link building, research. Um, she does a little bit of, like posting things to YouTube, sometimes publishing things to our sites, uh, publishing things to article directories, um, and just any other little task. She loves to learn new things. And uh, she's just our go-to person for all that general kind of stuff. And she costs, so we pay her right now, you know, we've given her a couple raises. So now she's up to 390 a month and that's for full time. And, um, you know, that's a very good, that's more than she would make doing other jobs. And, you know, we give her bonuses and, um, you know, she's a, she's a single mom, but this allows her to work on her own schedule and she just, she loves having that job. Then we also have... Recently, we hired a project manager, and this is definitely a more high end thing so when you start getting to the point where your team's growing and you're getting tired of all the management, we went and found a uh project manager actually through a referral and we this is someone we share with someone else, so we get them half time and we pay him uh six hundred dollars a month for half time so he would be twelve hundred a month and now you'll notice a big difference between you know about four hundred for her and then twelve hundred for him a month, but you know he's you know, very he's very very good at project management, it's a higher specialized skill. Same At the same time, 1200 a month is not much for a full-time person. I mean, imagine if you were to hire a project manager in the States, you'd be paying much more than that, and then we also have a full-time programmer for eight hundred a month, and you know to get a good programmer, I think you are looking for six, seven, more likely seven, eight hundred dollars for. It. And so they do, you know, custom coding, managing our WordPress sites, tweaking our themes, uh, upgrading all of our stuff. If something goes wrong with the site, they dig in and figure out what's going on. You know, so highly technical stuff. Um, and those are the other three people then that we have. So a full-time virtual assistant, full-time programmer, half-time project manager and uh, they all reside in the Philippines. And soon I'm going to be going to the Philippines looking for a full-time designer, graphic designer in the Philippines.
0: Yeah graphic designer okay so let me ask you this when you say full-time uh you know when i think full-time i'm thinking you know gosh what do, what do we work now as self-employed business people uh that absolutely love what we do uh, we we work 24 hours a day seven days a week but uh I, I by full-time i assume that you mean like 40 hours a week is that what, you're, yeah. what you are mean by 40 that 40
1: hours 40 hours a week they get there's you know philippines national holidays they get off they get a we they accrue one vacation or sick day a month um and they get paid monthly. And then there's a thing in the in the Philippines where you also the traditional thing. And so we stick to this as well. Is that at uh, Christmas time in December they get what's called the thirteenth month bonus, and that means that you pay them one month salary as kind of like a yearly Christmas bonus. Um, if you want, you can split that up between June and December. But that's uh, the traditional thing in the Philippines for an employer to pay an extra month's bonus. And you might go, wow, a whole month is a bonus, but you know, to uh, again, for, for our one virtual assistant, it's, it's $400, you know, which is not a huge do- uh, deal to our business, but to her, it's like, you know, a whole extra month of income. I mean, imagine whatever your monthly income is. If somebody just gave that to you as a bonus, it's a yeah. big deal. So, so the, yeah, full time. And those are the kind of benefits and pay and, and things that we're talking about.
0: So, when you went and found these full time people, did you go, did you find these three individuals through a firm or did you go directly to them through these databases and hired them and interviewed them one on one and said, hey, yeah, I'd like to bring you in personally?
1: The general virtual assistant I found through those same databases. Um, the programmer was found through those databases, but not by me. It was found by a friend who actually had hired up to like 16 programmers through those same databases in the Philippines, but then got to the point where they just had more than they needed because projects, projects were getting finished up. And I already been through a few programmers and I'll tell you right now, like there is a bit of a numbers game and sometimes people get discouraged because they'll try one. They're like, I didn't work. And then they give up. They're like, this is no good. Sometimes you do have to go. You know, Try out two or three people, maybe four, and you know, stick to it a little bit um, to try to find – because you'll, you'll shoot out emails and say, hey, I saw your resume. Are you interested? And then some small fraction will actually get back to you and say, yes, I'm actively looking for work right now. And then you, you know, maybe say, okay, well, I'm going to give you a task to do to t- try it out. Let's do a week or two trial. And then only a, a, per- a percentage of those will actually then do the trial and then when they're done, you know, only a percentage of those will actually have done it well enough for you to go, okay, let's try working together now. Um, so there is a bit of a numbers game. But uh, to get back to your question, so the, the programmer was actually, we acquired from a friend who had found them, hired them, had them working full time for a while, then no longer needed them. And, um, you know, so we were happy to even at a little bit of a premium to take that person over because... They'd already screened and worked with the person and you know, all that stuff. The project manager, I know, was found through those same databases, but was found by a business colleague. And they came to us and they knew we were looking for a project manager. And she said, um, you know, I, I don't think I need this project manager full time. I mean, I just need him to oversee everybody and he does his job so well. Four hours a day is enough for me. Do you want to split him? 50, 50. And, you know, we said, you know, absolutely. So, so definitely, you know, as you start working in these circles and other people, and, and the funny thing is, is like she, she actually learned how to do the whole outsourcing thing from us, but then took it to a whole new level with this project manager. And then it came full circle and we ended up, you know, taking on one of the people she had hired. So obviously anytime you can get that through a referral of a colleague or, or take it over from somebody else or ask, have somebody ask their virtual assistant, do you know anybody? Um, you know that could work well, like you know, refer just like with you know, employment in in any country. I imagine you know referrals are always a good thing for an employer and an employee uh, to bring people in. But in some degree, all three of those people do tie back to those databases I
0: mentioned. So, so the so most of these, uh, it sounds to me like n- the virtual assistants that you have, they do not work for a firm, so they're independent contractors so they are not technically employees they are virtual assistants am i getting that correctly
1: right um these are yeah these three people are individuals that work for themselves and they work full well I mean they work full time for us but they're just individuals they're not firms and we have done the whole firm thing before some people like that because they know that um you know if the person's sick then the firm might go oh, well we have this other person to bring in for you um and it's it's just a kind of a trade off we in the end we we have preferred bringing somebody in knowing that they are fully working for us directly um we're able to actually pay them more because we started figuring out what, what a lot of those firms are skipping, skimming off the top and then giving to them. And so we're like, look, we can pay them more directly. And, and just you know getting the loyalty, working directly for us, having the loyalty be with us and having the person really be trained up and only working for us. It, it's just a direction in the end that we preferred going. Um, you know, now, sometimes things happen. They have power outages in the Philippines. They have, right now it's monsoon season, um, and our project managers in Manila, and he, you know, Manila gets hit sometimes. Also, the power goes out, and he does his best to try to go the next city over where he has power and internet or whatever. But um, you know, so so we do run into sometimes them not being able. But then they're always happy to make up that time, or they use a, their sick day or whatever. And so, you know, I I can't really say whether one would be best. But um, we've decided to go with the, let's go the direct route. They just work for us. They don't work for a firm.
0: Okay. Uh, now I'm, I'm adding this up here and, and I'm not great at math and I should never do math live in a podcast, but that's a, this is 120 hours a week of people working for you. How do you? Um,
1: well, those, yeah, those Philippines, well, the project manager's halftime. So um, so it'd be 40 and 40 and then 20. So it'd be 100 hours a week of, oh. of those people working for And if you add it all up, you know a month that means it's about 400 800 that's 1200 and 600 so for $1800 we're getting 100 hours a so week $1800 a month we're getting 100 hours a week of work
0: i know 100 hours, and so my m- the thing that's making my head spin right now is how do you give these people enough work to work on or do they do you empower them to come up with their own work to work on I, how does that work
1: um, well there's lots of recurring tasks that they end up doing for us uh, our our general VA she does all of our customer service and so very little of it hits me she takes care of most of that you know so it takes her time on a regular basis um, the project manager I mean we just we end up giving them big projects and just saying look I mean the thing is you start coming up with things um, and, and it takes a while to start getting used to that but really we have no no problem now I mean now that once we finally hired a good, programmer that was just working for us, then, you know, we started thinking of all these little things, little ideas were like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, and, and we, but you know, you just start putting those things aside because you're like, well, I don't have any time to do that. Um, or I don't have anybody dependable to to hand that to. But once you know that you have somebody to do those things, you'd be surprised. It's like your subconscious just opens up and starts delivering all these ideas of like this is what my business needs. And so you you uh, you start keeping those people busy. And you know, right now we have like a big project going on where we're we're moving some of our e-commerce over to a new platform, and our project manager and our programmer are completely handling that for us, which is nice. I don't want to have to do that at all, and it wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, so yeah, at, at first it can be tricky, but I would say the, 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 the thing at, the thing to save your sanity at first is to come up with one or two or three default activities that that person can do. And it might be researching new traffic ideas. It might be link building. You know, going out and getting links on sites and uh, back to your sites. You I know, mean, that's a great default activity because it's just kind of you know building up your search engine juice for your sites. It might be, um, you know, customer services. If you know, if you have nothing else to do, be checking the tickets in the customer service center and, and answering those. So if you have two or three kind of default activities, you know, then then great. And and here's the thing. I mean, at, at you know, our general VA at four hundred dollars a month. I mean. We can afford, even if for a week she's just out learning new stuff, like that's not a big deal to us. We're like, we'd rather, it's so worth it to, for us to have her always around and learning new stuff for our business. Um, you know, and if nothing else, go find a way for them to go and make money for you. Yeah. And just to empower them. Say, hey, look, go and go and figure out a way for us to build, you know, a little mini site about X, you know, topic. And, you know, and a lot of these people are, are trained in things like link building and trained in things like WordPress, and they know, you know some of the basics of they. They know what what uh, you know. Internet business owners are looking for. So,
0: well, friends, I hate to do this, but this is the best place I could find to break in this conversation. I will let you know that I had at least another half an hour's worth of conversation with Jason Van Orden, and I am going to put that in next week's show, as I mentioned earlier. And of course, I want to say a special thank you to Jason Van Orden from Internet Business uh, for participating in the conversation with me. I am sure that you definitely do not want to miss next week's continuation of this interview because it gets really good. I'm telling you, really good. Don't miss it. Anyway, if you want, you can uh, see any show notes uh, over at Virtual Special thank you to Contemporary VA for sponsoring this podcast, links to their site and services. Uh, for my, That's where I have my own virtual assistant from. You can find that over at virtualassistantpodcast.com. Of course, we'd love to you. Give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline with your questions at 859-795-4067.